This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast that takes a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we look ahead to the NASCAR quarterfinals as the women's basketball team begins the defense of its conference title. Plus, women's lacrosse and tennis both get underway early next week. We preview their seasons. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The women's basketball team finished the regular season in style over the weekend, defeating then number 12 nationally ranked Trinity by a count of 61 to 53 on Friday, and following that up with a 54-46 win over Wesleyan on Saturday, where Bates celebrated seniors Megan Graff, Bree Gattaletta, Kayla Bridgman, and Jenna Barons before the contest. Tuesday's scheduled game with New England College was canceled, so Saturday's senior day win proved to be the final home game for the four seniors. Now, it's tournament time. As the seventh-seeded Bobcats, who went 5-5 five and five in NASCAR play, head to second-seeded Williams Saturday at 2 p.m. Team captains Graf and Gattaletta, along with head coach Allison Montgomery, join the Bobcast to preview the NASCAR tournament. Meg, let's start with you. Trinity and Wesleyan, back-to-back wins, senior weekend kind of. I mean, looking back on it, how big is that to have that momentum going to the tournament here? Yeah, it was honestly just a great weekend to end our regular season. Um, I think going into it, like, we are definitely aware of, like, how crucial those two games were um, and kind of trying to find that balance of, like, understanding the stakes but not putting too much of an emphasis on it and – I think we just went into that weekend super prepared, and it was great to start off um, on Friday with a huge win to lead us into Saturday and Senior Day. Certainly, and Bree, obviously, you know, bittersweet, I'm sure, for you, but, like, Senior Day, what was it like to, you know, get to suit up and be with the team? And you've been with the team all year, but to be honored there and have your parents there and everything. Um, It was definitely bittersweet for me, but I was just kind of focusing on the team and how – they just really played their hearts out and I think it was just a really special moment because a lot of them were kind of like coming up to me before the game and just saying like oh I hope you know like we're playing for you this game Um, and it was just it was really great to just know that um, they were playing really hard and really well but there was also like a little bit of a extra motivation for them Um, and I was just I'm always very grateful for my teammates in that respect. Excellent. And Coach, um, you know, the team is obviously, I think, playing the best they've had all year. What do you say about what we've seen from the Bobcats recently, the last few games? Yeah, I, I mean, it just I think it's a process, and you have to, like, just keep believing in that kind of through the ups and downs and the different um, ways that a team grows over a season. Um, so I think they've really done a nice job of just staying really committed to what we're trying to do and also building trust um, just both in all of their vision for what we want this season to be, but also just some real practical trust, like on the court of what we're capable of. I think both in terms of individually what people can bring and then what we're capable of collectively. So it's been really nice to see these last couple of weeks. Um, it, it feels like um, that's really coming together and, and people are, are really fully buying into that. And then Bree, just, I mean, all year I've seen you, you know, being a leader, being a captain, you know, what was the process like to get into that mindset, realizing that you know, you're going to be basically you know, cheering everyone on this year? And how have you been able to keep that attitude throughout the entire season? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely hard at first kind of um, realizing what my role was going to be this year. But I had spoken to a lot of past teammates that have gone through the same thing um, and a lot of just athletes overall on campus that have gone through the same thing. And I kind of realized, you know, 
this team it, and my role is bigger than myself. It's not about me and being a senior being like, oh, I missed my last season. Yeah, it stinks, but it's not about me. And it's really, I've kind of focused on giving confidence to everyone on the team, especially a lot of the um, posts that have stepped in to kind of fill that um, role. So it's been really great for me to see kind of how I've transformed um, and what my leadership skills look like off the court. Yeah, just to follow up on that, I mean, you mentioned the posts. I mean, Elsa Delario, first year, how proud are you of what she's been able to do? I mean, her development has been obviously huge this year, right? Yeah, I'm so proud of her. I remember speaking to her, the, I think, like, the week after my injury happened, and I said, hey, like, this stinks for me, but this is a great opportunity for you, and I think you're going to face a lot of challenges, but you're going to come out even stronger, and it's going to be a great um growth for you in this and you're going to carry this throughout all of your four years not just this year and then Meg what can you say about your co-captain and what it's meant to you know work with her to be a leader this year um I mean there's so much to say it's um really been like a such an amazing season season to have Bree as um you know another captain senior leader on the team I think um, it was definitely so heartbreaking at the beginning of the season, and I just um, have so much respect um, for her. I think it's just like a tough, obviously battling an injury, but also, like Bree said, being a senior, being a captain on the team, still having so many other responsibilities, and it's kind of been this um, cool thing of like my eyes are on the floor, her like she's kind of like the eyes like watching while I'm like playing, and I think that provides like a really cool perspective um for us to talk about as um captains like what she sees what I see and what we can like improve on whether it's like basketball or other stuff too all right coach I'm looking forward to this Saturday at Williams uh you played them earlier this year obviously right here at alumni gym uh, what did you kind of learn from that matchup that you're going to apply second time around here yeah, I think, you know, we've already alluded to this, but I think the stride our team has found in terms of confidence and playing together and um, all the things that are allowing us to play our best basketball, I think that's given us a lot of confidence. I think um, that first go-round against them, I, I think we definitely feel like we did not play our best on either end of the floor. I think especially um, these last couple of weeks, we've taken a lot of pride in stepping up um, our defensive game um, and just making things a lot tougher for opponents. Um, and so I, I think we just take a lot of confidence, not just from stuff we can learn from that first matchup, but just what, how we've developed um, over the last few games and um, how we've grown in a lot of ways. And Bree, I want to ask you about, I mean, you played against her last year, Maddie Mandyke, the post player for Williams, who's uh, a good shot blocker. What do you remember from that matchup when you had to face her? She's a great player, and I respect her a lot, but I was more focused on just – how my how my performance was going to be and also how my team was going to be so like coach said I just like when I play and I know um how my teammates are going to play like we're just focused on us and if we can do the things that we can do I'm not concerned about any single player and Meg how about for you what 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 do you learn from the first time around against them I'm just super excited that we get another shot at playing against them um I think kind of building off what coach and Bree said um there's always ways we can play better and I think especially in that game there's um was things that we can I know will just be a lot better at going into this playoff game um I'm super confident I know everyone else feels really confident too um so yeah and the team has a lot of returnees of course from the team that made the run through the NESCAC tournament last year I mean how big is that 
Yeah, I think that's big for us. I think it's also kind of fun. We talked about yesterday a little bit, and I know my mentality is, has been this, that um, our positioning this year is, like, really similar to what it was mm-hmm. last year. I mean, we we won one more NESCAC game last year in mm-hmm. conference. Um, we were on the road the first time around, um, and I never actually perceive us as an underdog. Um, I certainly didn't last year, and I don't this year. Um, and this year the, the field is really, there's so much parity in the field across the board. So, um, I just feel super excited, super confident. I think a great opportunity for our women, obviously really proud that they were able to have such a great weekend this past weekend. I mean, it was like Meg said, it was kind of, it was do or die and we had to play with that sort of urgency, but we also had to balance that with not any type of like frantic urgency, um, or sort of tightening up about what that pressure could feel like, um, so I think that is a really great sign for our growth, for our maturity, and also, you know, the potential that we have to um, to really do some damage in the tournament. Great. Well, any other thoughts that you really want to share about the season so far? I think we're at our peak right now, and I'm just, like we've already said, extremely excited because I think it's a really good sign that, like Coach has said, um, you know, it was a very intense situation over the weekend. A lot of teams would have kind of crumbled and just been really nervous but we kind of just said screw that we're just gonna have a blast like mm-hmm. best crowds in alumni gym um and it was just amazing it was probably one of the best experiences this year during the basketball season great well Bree, meg and allison thank you so much for joining us on bobcats really appreciate it thanks thank, thank you, you. The women's swimming and diving team finished 6th out of 11 schools over the weekend at the NESCAC Championships, with sophomore Sophie Cassily taking home the NESCAC title in the 100-yard backstroke. Head coach Peter Casares joins us to recap the NESCACs for the women and preview NESCACs for the men. Well, coach, between the NESCAC meets, women were just this past weekend, men coming up, perfect time to catch up with the swimming and diving program. And first of all, for the women, obviously, Sophie Cashley, another NESCAC title, this time the 100-yard back. What were some, you know, maybe things that stood out to you about their NESCAC championships this past weekend there in Brunswick? I would say there was a tremendous energy um, and camaraderie on our women's team, a lot of love, a lot of support, um, tons of shout-outs on the bus each day. Um, where women just felt um, seen and appreciated and, and all sorts of good things. It was an interesting NESCAC in that we just were there two weeks ago with our suits on on CBB championships. So we had some races that we were like, okay, we didn't drop as much as we usually do, but that was to be expected. And as we learned how to deal with that, we realized, wow, we still are fast. And we could see um, those that really put in that work and did what they needed to do all year long had some big drops and some lifetime bests and I think really set themselves up well for the future and for those that are continuing on for nationals. Yeah, I mean, I touched on this with um, some of the swimmers, but yeah, you, you all suited up for the CBB meet for the women. Uh, is that typical? Is that something you want to do this year? We've always suited up two weeks before NESCACs, um, but we've never swam a dual meet with all the athletes kind of swimming their best events. They've had a chance to maybe dabble in an event that was important to them, but also try some new ones. And that gave them the feeling of speed, but also took the pressure off of like, this is the event I want to swim at NESCACs. If this time is good or bad, it makes me think this thought or this thought about how NESCACs is going to go. And so I think what was unique this year was, hey, this was the CBB Championships. We're going to put our best lineup in. You're going to swim your best events, and you're going to do that two weeks before we do it again. And so we just had them carry their times from one week to the next. And that's unique in that many of the other teams there 
that was the first time they were really suited and rested completely. So they had some bigger drops, um, but we were fast both meets. And if you look at the big picture and how things kind of unfolded, I was really proud with how they swam. I was really proud with um, what we accomplished, NESCAC champions, B cuts, um, three relays that are top 11 in the country right now, and three athletes that have qualified individually. Mm-hmm. So um, to bring us 23 swimmers and have seven of them look like they're going on to nationals, that's a, it's almost a third of your team going on to the next level. Um, it kind of shows how hard they worked and, and the, the depth we had this year that helped our top get better, but also had our um, had our next tier really doing well and swimming fast also at the big meet. Yeah, I want to ask you about the next tier because we kind of knew about the headliners coming into the season. They lived up to, you know, all the all the hype, if you will, I suppose. But what about the – maybe some more under-the-radar swimmers who really impressed you this year? Yeah, like I was um, terribly impressed with Sam Simmons all year long. She did a great job of, like, keeping her head on straight, working hard and swimming fast at the end of the year. Um, Lily, our, uh, Lily Bresnik, our freshman uh, breaststroker, um, ended up having a fantastic 200 breast and 200 free for us. She was very strong. Uh, Liana Roseman, um, tremendous splits on our relay for us, uh, really did well there too. I think, you know, like overall, they learned a lot and they um, experienced NESCACs, many of them for their first time. Um, and they saw like what it took the kind of competition there and there's a great learning experience for that second tier on the team um, and they're going to be better because of it and ready to go I mean, we talked on the bus on the way home like hey don't forget this like, like you're going to get two three weeks removed and you're going to you're not going to remember how hard it was to swim fast against the best in the country six seven sessions into the meet and like i'm going to call upon this next year when i challenge you like remember how that felt remember how it how how much you needed to kind of go down dig deep and find that perseverance and that and that commitment and that dedication to like i got this i believe in myself those kind of thoughts as opposed to like holy crap how do i do this again another swim what's going to happen and and pushing those aside so we talked about like remember this we learned a lot this year we had a huge senior class last year that graduated, and so a lot of people were experiencing it in a different wor- in a different way. Even even our top tier kids were experiencing it without that depth and that kind of comfort blanket of that senior class that knew it so well last year. And so I think all of us learned something new and were better off because of it. And we saw a lot of great swims. You touched on the relays, obviously a bunch of B cuts for the relays and some individuals as well. But you mentioned top eleven right now. What does it take to get to nationals for the relays? Usually they're inviting the top 18, and sometimes they go up to 20. So if you're sitting 11th with another weekend of competition, Mm -hmm. there could be like, you know, 20 more conference meets that go off this weekend, and you're thinking, okay, it's going to be really hard for eight more teams to beat us at this point because we've seen three or four of the fastest conferences already swim. Mm -hmm. So we feel like they're in a really good position to go off to that next level. Now, there is a Wesleyan February invite for the women that's kind of optional you could send some people to. Any plans on that this upcoming Sunday? Nope. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, our relays look good where they're at. In the past, we've wanted to, like, kind of shore up some things. But, Mm -hmm. you know, another big tribute to this team is just how gutsy and and kind of, like, determined they are. I mean, they time-trialed events at the meet. They said, we we don't want to go to Wesleyan. That's a long trip, and it's another week before we get to start training. Um, again for nationals if we have a chance to make it let's do it right here and so they seized the moment and we time trial the 200 medley relay and it dropped a second we had two of our freestylers jump in the pool um, Stephanie Tropper and Natalie Young 
Sunday night to see if their 200 frees could get faster to help our 800 free relay. And so we did what we needed to do. And each time they jumped in to do it, they did it successfully. So that's really just says a lot about, like I'm gonna add events to my weekend, I'm gonna go for it one more time and I'm gonna really put it all in here for the team. If the team needs us to get to the next level, let's do it, and they did it. And it's part of our culture and I'm really proud to see it happen this year too. Stephanie, you mentioned her. I remember last year she kind of debuted as a distance swimmer and it seems yeah. like um, now she's a little bit more 200 length. What's what's going on there, so I guess? <laughs> Stephanie was the biggest curveball of the meet. Like, she's our miler, our distance right. swimmer. She was ranked third in the 1,000, third yeah. in the mile, and seventh in the 500 or sixth in the 500. She showed up to the first night of NESCAC, swam a 200 and free on our relay and was three seconds slower than last year. And I literally looked at her and I thought she was like death warmed over. She uh, got a call from health services and all of a sudden had um, strep throat, tonsillitis and uh, pneumonia all, all at the same time. And so she was already on day three of antibiotics. Mm. So she, we sent her back home. She slept for two days and showed up Sunday morning wow. and said, hey, it's the last day of NESCAX, throw me in the hundred. And we couldn't put her in the mile that day. She's in no shape to do anything like that. She swam four laps in 53 seconds, handled that really well, and then said, let me time trial at night. And that's when she went faster in the 200 free and helped us get to the national meet with that with that time. So Tropper is a trooper. I mean, it is unbelievable. She I means she's, she's still getting better now. She's not great yet. Um, and she's got another month now, and she's going to join all of our sprint free relays and be a part of the national team. And she just is that type of person, really hardworking, really talented, but also just there for the team and determined. Great. Well, let's take a look at the men's uh, NESCACs coming up, because I know all year the talk has been, you know, the men want to get relays to nationals after, you know, coming up just short last year despite setting a program record in every event. What's their status right now heading the NESCACs? What, what do you need to see from them to make this happen? Uh, confidence. Yeah. You know, like... I, the last thing I wanted to do was talk about it over and over and over again and sure. beat it. But at the same time, I'm like, well, it's on everybody's mind. We might as well not, you know, avoid the, you know, the elephant in the room type of a situation. And if they're going to get there and deal with the pressure of nationals, they better deal with making nationals. So I'm going to, I'm just going to say like, they're in a position to do it. Mm -hmm. there, there's no doubt. These guys are super talented. So if they're confident, if they believe in themselves, they'll do what? you know we just saw the women do like they'll they'll pop their ticket there and, and they'll go for it um and i think they're just they're on a mission they're not on a roll they're not have great you know momentum they're not like okay fingers crossed i hope this works they're just on a mission um and i i just i can't wait to see them swim and I think they're going to do some pretty special stuff this weekend and have some fun as a group that's really talented. And it's interesting because for the women, it was a commute to Brunswick each day. For the men, you had to be there overnight, I imagine it was, Liam. Yeah, we yeah. stayed overnight at, for the women. It's, okay. it's Yeah, I mean, we're up at 6 a.m. and um, back uh, at the pool yeah. at 6 p.m. and then we're back <laughs> home at 10 p.m. after the session's over. So it's, it would just be too much to go yeah. back and forth six times a day. So... Um, the men are going to head down on Thursday um, for the first event, Thursday night, and then we'll be down at Wesleyan um, all the way until Sunday and probably pulling into Bates around 2 a.m., maybe 1, 1 a.m. if we're lucky. Certainly. And uh, what are some maybe events you're really looking forward to and excited to see from the men in terms of, you know, uh, maybe some of the headliners or also some of the people who provide that depth to get more points for you? We've got a really kind of 
good rookie class right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people don't understand the talent that I see every day in the pool, and they're going to go, where these guys come from? Right. You know, like Lucas Gold, Marich, Samritovich, you know, uh, Kyler Tom, Nate Pierce, uh, Max Corey. You know, the, the list just goes on and on with these guys. Um, and I just think there are they remind me of our previous national level athletes. And I don't know if they're going to get there this year, but they're on their way. Mm-hmm. Um, they have what it takes without a doubt. And then the leadership that we have in the senior class is um, unparalleled in terms of um, what we have. And, and you've got Nate Summer and Nate Barry and Ed and John Markalina, but you've also got Liam Conklin and Kona and, you know, Paul Southern. And just like these guys had known NESCAC swimming. They've known Bates. They've known our, our, our season and our taper. And they're going to go in there and they're just going to rock and roll. And everybody else is going to kind of follow suit. And then, you know, we've got our stars. But I just think what's special about this team is the depth. Excellent. Well, any other thoughts you wanted to share on NESCACs uh, coming up for the men here this weekend or anything about the women we haven't got to talk about yet? Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited. We're bringing um, seven probably women to nationals, mm-hmm. two new ones, Natalie Young and Michaela Kendall. Mm-hmm. Um, pulled off some amazing swims over their weekend to, to join that national kind of team for the first time. For the men, I just think I think they're going to turn heads. I think the sky's the limit. I'm, I'm kind of, you know, just wondering to see what actually is going to happen. Yeah. Um, and I know something special is going to happen. I just want to know who's going to do it, when it's going to happen, and and how many times we're going to see it. Because um, all these guys have the ability to like kind of piggyback off each other and be like, oh, you did it, now I'm going to do it. And they've trained really well together. And they believe in each other, and it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, Coach, thanks so much. You bet, man. Thank you. The track and field teams both competed at the Valentine Invitational last week. Our standout performer proved to be men's senior captain, Colby Staken Pickering, who set a new school record in the indoor 200 meters with his time of 22.31 seconds. Take us through the experience of racing in such a huge meet. I mean, people from all over the country, right? Yeah, it's very, very interesting and definitely a different atmosphere than some of the other meets that we go to. So usually, uh, especially with the most recent Maine State meet, we have teams that we're competing against and we're going for the win. We're going for in every single event. We're trying to come first place, score as many points as possible. But when you get to BU, you've got so many other teams and such high quality athletes there. I mean, you've, you're walking around the stadium and you see people from Texas, LSU, Columbia, not saying those are the best track schools, but obviously like the, you, you're grabbing from a huge pool of contestants. And so I find that it's a lot easier to focus on yourself and just race for a time. I mean, in my heat, I think I was racing someone in high school and other people. So you never knew who you're going to be against. And from that, you're just going to run your best race. So that was uh, a lot of a lot of fun and I guess almost a little bit of pressure off where it's just me versus the clock. And then um, also just very, very fun to be there in that atmosphere. I mean, you've got so many really high-level athletes. The winner of the mile, for example, was 350.4. <laughs> so they're not only going sub-4, but they're going 10 seconds to sub-4, Yeah, which is insane. <laughs> Certainly. Do they try to break it up in sections based on your seed time kind of entering? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. A lot of the seeding times are kind of estimates because a lot of teams are running on flat tracks and then coming to this banked track. So there's a little bit of variance from that, but otherwise they do a really good job of putting you against people you're going to be competitive with. And there's so many heats that you're almost bound to be neck and neck in each each race. I think there was probably, I know there was 40 heats of the 400 and probably around 50 heats of the 200. I mean, there was over 300 athletes entered, so... 
I, know, I saw there was a 60, but you chose just, just 200 for you in a relay this week. What, what's kind of behind that strategy, I guess? Uh, in my history at Bates, I'm not sure if we've ever really sent 60-meter runners okay. just because we really try to benefit from that banked track. Mm. And so if we were to run the 60, maybe we get a great time, but we're kind of just there to focus on uh, capitalizing on that bank. And then so sending the relay to you, that's another – event uh the four by four where we can really utilize that and i think we had a season's best there coming close to the top 10 list so yeah really close i thought yeah yeah, yeah. Right. which is awesome to be part of uh despite how much it hurt uh you know being a 60 200 guy and then coming up to the four it's definitely gonna hurt but uh it was it was worth it it was a lot of fun to be a part of certainly and then um you know looking forward we got the Bowden invitational um and then after that new england what's your schedule looking like are you gonna compete at Bowden or is or not perhaps so this week I'm taking it as a pretty normal week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know some other athletes on our team are starting to peak and trying to either get a New England qualifier or just put down a really good time this weekend. I'm going to continue to do things as normal. I'm going to compete in the 60 but not the 200, uh, take the meet a little bit easier, and then the following week kind of tone it back on the amount of volume that I'm running and the weight that I'm lifting to try to really get a good time at New England's. Great. So, yeah, looking at four to New England's, what events, I mean, 60 for you, 200, a relay as well, perhaps? Are you going to be going all out there? <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think so. Yeah. It's going to be the, the 60, the 200, and then I imagine the 4 by 4 One benefit of New England's is it's spread out over two days. Okay, at right. least it has been in the past. So I would imagine I'd be running the 60 on one day, the 200 on a different day, and then the 4 by 4 maybe the same day as the 2. But that'll definitely benefit me to have that kind of spread out. So you've got the record in the 200 now. Um, obviously, you had the record for the 60 for one week. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 Are you looking to take that back now this weekend? <laughs> uh, I'm definitely going to give it my best effort. Yeah. Um, I, I can't guarantee anything, um, but I would definitely really like to try to have both of those uh, at the same time. And I know Derek's going to try his, his damnedest to yeah. make sure that I don't. <laughs> right. And so for the for the 200, at least, obviously, you know, bank track, a great opportunity there at Valentine. Um, do you feel there's more speed for you there? I mean, you're looking to break 22 at some point, I imagine, right? Yeah, and I would say that there is uh, an opportunity because at BU, since there's so many athletes, they only let the top couple heats use starting blocks. Okay. Um, because if it takes you a minute to set up your starting blocks times 300 athletes, then you've got hours of time spent right. not even on running, just on setting those up. <laughs> so uh, at BU, when I ran my time, it was just uh, a four-point start on the track, um, which is still definitely fast. But going to New England's when I'm allowed the opportunity to have the starting blocks, it'll be interesting to see how that affects my time. Interesting. Yeah, I think for a sprint, you'd really want those starting blocks. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it'll, it'll be cool to try. I, I haven't actually started with blocks on a curve all that often because mm. we, don't, we don't go to too many banked tracks. And when we do, it's usually BU. So we'll probably uh, try to figure out some sort of way to practice and prepare for that uh, this coming two weeks. And then uh, I'm excited to see what happens. One of the, uh, the previous record holder, Eric, actually reached out to me earlier today. Oh, nice. Yeah, and so he emailed the coach and then included a message for me, and so he was encouraging me to try my best coming up at this New England's and see how low I can try to take this. Uh, and it was, it was very cool to hear from him, even though he's 20 years removed from the Bates community. It's really cool to see, well, not removed from the Bates community, but removed from the Bates track and field. Uh, so to see that we have such a 
tight-knit group that's still so up-to-date and still involved in all this is very, very cool. Yeah, that's awesome because we've often talked about on the Bobcast and other platforms about the legacy of the Bates throwers at Bates, but also, obviously, the sprinters have the legacy as well, and that's really cool, yeah, that he saw that. Definitely. And I know that uh, when COVID had first started, one of it might have even been Todd O'Brien, but mm. I'm not exactly positive, had reached out and mentioned to our sprints group, you know, hey, times are really tough right now, but just keep working and keep training and seeing what you can do in the future. So it's not even just this one occasion. It's kind of continual involvement, which is which is cool to see. Yeah, Todd O'Brien, the record holder in outdoors in the 100-meter dash, and there's some low times in the 100-meter. That might be a little more difficult, right? <laughs> Certainly, yeah, but uh, I'm up for the challenge. I'm going to try my best to see what I can do. Outdoor, there's uh, definitely more variance uh, because you've got the weather, the wind. Um, all of the tracks are flat, which is good. There's no like conversion, converting that you need to do between different things. But yeah, it'll be it'll be really fun to get out there and try my best. Usually outdoor is a bit faster than indoor just because the curves are less tight. Mm. So hoping to try to break underneath 22 uh, if I'm not able to this year in indoor and then kind of see what I can do from there. All right, sounds good. Well, Colby, thank you so much for joining us on the Bobcast. Congrats again on breaking the record of the 200-meter indoor here at Bates. Of course. Thank you very much for having me. Can you believe it? The spring season has arrived. Women's tennis gets things started next Monday at 4 p.m. when their Florida trip begins with a match against Florida Southern. Men's tennis will then take on Florida Southern the next day. Head coach Paul Gassingay gives us a look at the tennis teams entering spring competition. Well, both tennis teams actually already 1-0 on the year after victories to end the fall. But, uh, Coach, let's break down the spring season here, starting off in Florida. Uh, what are you most excited to learn about your teams heading down to Florida on this trip to face some Division II opponents, right? Yeah, super high-level opponents will get us ready for Tufts on March 4th. Uh, so we have that advantage. All the other NESCACs aren't permitted to play yet. So that's the first NESCAC weekend. So I'm looking forward to testing ourselves against really top level competition that will get us ready for that match. Um, I am really happy with how we worked uh, all year since the fall. Uh, Magda, our new assistant coach, has just been phenomenal. Uh, The weight training and the off-court stuff, I mean, our team is so strong and fast and and just explosive off the mark. Uh, Our conditioning's there. It's really the best we've ever come into our season and and the other thing you know I told the team this is that it's all how you practice it's it's your mode during our investment season you can have the best intentions and get a lot of reps in but if you don't do it the right way with the right mode and the right intensity you build bad habits without knowing and and the thing I'm happiest about this year It's the best we've ever come into a season. Like first day of practice, there was none of that little tweak or fixing that I had to do. It was all the right mode uh, throughout the investment season. They they came in really strong and ready and mentally prepared. Well, and both these teams have a ton of experience under their belt, right? Yes. Sort of. COVID, right? Exactly. (laughs) Well, we talk about experience, and I still have to remind myself, and I've I've seen such a huge jump in development Uh, from last spring to to now, just because we've had the time to develop them. And we I have to keep reminding myself that we, we missed a huge chunk of that. And so we're really getting into our form and, and starting to see our best levels um, on both sides. I'm really excited, excited for uh, this, this spring. Now your captains on the women's side, Joanna Atwater and Laura Littlefield. Tell us about them. Uh, 
seniors have been, you know, really grinding from the from day one. Uh, they've really grown into their role, leadership role, um, their confidence, uh, just their attitude on the court, the way they fight. It's just such a great example for the team because they can look over and see, you know, both JoJo and and Laura just never giving in. They're just battling to the end, and and they're a force. And then on the men's side, you got a, a quadrant of captains, I guess, right? Is that the word? I'm not sure, but there's four of them, um, all seniors. Um, obviously, they last year, you know, I'm sure they're hungry to you know make a big step forward. This being their senior year. Yeah, they all have different qualities. They all have similar qualities, but they all have different niches that they fill in in a leadership way. Uh, you know, Cam and Teddy and Nick and Leo have just since day one, I mean, they were first years, they were a force as a first year group. Uh, when we got canceled for COVID, they were strong. They were playing top of the lineup when we had a bunch of seniors who were out for injury and we were waiting for them to come back in and they were successful on the same trip. I remember, you know, Cam and Leo and Nick and, and, and Teddy all battling with these top D2 teams. And, and, you know, it's four years later or three years later. And, uh, you know, excited to see what they can do. They're they're really, they've really developed, and uh, they understand their game, and everyone looks strong. NESCAC, as usual, I'm sure it's going to be a gauntlet and a bunch of nationally ranked teams. Uh, that that's business as usual, though, right? <laughs> yeah, and that's why I like to play the teams we're playing in Florida because it's a true test. I mean, they're, they're super high level, mostly internationals from all over the world, and super strong level. So it'll get us ready. Tufts is a, a super you know, deep team and, and, you know, they're seasoned and, and experienced, but I, I feel like this group can beat anyone and, you know, we just have to come together on the day of a match and get it done. And then, um, you know, for the spring season, we did a video just like a week ago, your practices, you don't have that many practices before you don't go to Florida. So what, what are some things you've learned maybe though over the past week? I and mean, you mentioned that the investment season, they, it really seems to have paid off, right? Yeah, we've had a chance to work on doubles, yeah. you know, and more intentionally in a, in some some doubles drills that would really get us ready to play better doubles and make it more of a reactionary, you know, when you move and, and react to the, you know, cross and, and volley, some different things like that that we've really honed in on the last week and a half and uh, seen the benefits already. You know, they do play a fair amount of doubles over the winter, but it's more more singles, I think. And then in terms of doubles teams, any particular uh, unit you're particularly excited to see? Well, we're returning, you know, a force with Cam and Gooch, uh, mm-hmm. Alex Gujarathi. Yeah. Um, they had a super strong fall, had opportunities to, you know, really go all the way in the ITA tournament. Um, and I feel like they're super strong. We it, it, Honestly, it's a hard tough problem to have it's a good problem to have but we have so many interchangeable parts and that's what we're spending a lot of time on is to see who's the best click the best mesh and uh we've got a lot of pieces that that work well together which is a good thing great well any other thoughts you wanted to share about the spring season coming up for the men or the women we haven't got to talk about yet it's just one of those things we we get rolling uh, and we put our head down and we look up in a couple months and it's May and, and it just feels like that every year. But, you know, I think the, the biggest thing is to keep building and to make sure we 
we rest when we need to rest so we're strong you know the days of the of the matches but uh, they've been working so hard year round that we're ready we're fitter than ever uh, so we're ready for this long marathon of a season against the best teams in the country and I think it's it's going to pay dividends all the work we did uh, so I'm looking forward to to see what happens by the end all right Paul Gassinger thanks so much thank you Women's lacrosse gets started next Tuesday when they take on Fort Lewis College in Colorado Springs. It's year two for head coach Renee Olson, and she joins us to preview the season. Tell me a little about maybe what you learned kind of year one you're going to take into year two here at the helm of the program. Uh, year one was a bit of a whirlwind, um, but it was really exciting. But this year we definitely have been a little bit more organized um, and definitely a lot more hardworking. Uh, the team has put in a lot of work in the in the off season, so we're really excited to see how that translates to the field. Um, and we implemented some new offenses this year, and uh, we'll be building off our defense from last year as well. Great. And so a trip to Colorado to start the season. Uh, how excited for you for two games out there out west in the, in the high altitude there, right? Yeah, we are hoping for some good weather. The high altitude will definitely be a challenge for us, but I think it will ultimately help us in the long run. Uh, when we come back and open up with our NESCAC play, we should be pretty much in shape after that Colorado trip. So definitely excited about that. And then how do you handle, you know, facing teams who you maybe don't have much information on kind of to start the year? Because during the season you'll have film and stuff, but very early in the year you don't really have much information, right? Something that we're focusing on this year a lot is ourselves. So we're looking forward to seeing what we can do out there um, in in what we've taught them so far. So just really working on ourselves, trying some new things, and seeing how that goes against some opponents. The last season, obviously, the team, the biggest win was the upset over Hamilton, right? Hamilton was nationally ranked, came in here, Bates beat them. Did that give the players, you feel like, a lot of confidence kind of going forward, knowing, hey, look, we can, you can point to that game and say, hey, look, look who, what we can do when we play our best. Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's a lot of really positive things from last season as well. I mean, we improved as a team every single day, and that's definitely a goal from this season. Um, definitely beating a nationally ranked team is a confidence booster, um, and they know they can do it. So um, they'll definitely take that momentum into the season, and you know we're not going to fear any opponents. We're going to go into each game with a level of excitement. Let's go through the position, starting maybe up front, the forwards. How is that group shaped now? Yeah, the offense, it'll be interesting this year. We definitely have a more uh, cyclical offense. It's a lot more moving parts, um, a lot more passing the ball and and seeing what we can do with our teammates. Um, so it'll be fun to see, you know, who steps into some roles that, um, you know, we're, we're missing from last year. And midfielders, how do you see them sort of, they're shaping up their roles and whatnot? Yeah, they're definitely going to be the spark plug for our for our team. Um, we we're looking to push the pace this year um, and really use our athleticism and our speed in the midfield um, to really push the pace offensively, cause some you know confusion on the defensive side as well, um, and, and really using their speed. Yeah, speaking of defense, um, defensive unit, how are they looking? Pretty good. We've uh, been trying some different defenses from last year um, and looking forward to implementing some new things as well. Coach Shoebridge has been uh, incredible on the defensive side, um, and she's been working a lot with footwork. So we're kind of going back to the fundamentals this year and, and building upon those, and she's doing a really good job of that. You have a player, um, Emma Austin, who missed uh, most of last year with an injury, and she's looked like – I saw her in practice the other day looking pretty good out there. What's it like to get you know a couple of key players back like that? 
Yeah, I mean, we all saw the BTB on the Instagram, yeah. and that was really exciting. Um, it's it's great to have people back. Um, obviously, seeing her recovery and how hard she worked in her physical therapy, um, I think it's just a really inspiration for the rest of the players, seeing someone you know fight hard through something like that and getting back on the field. So we're excited to see what she can do this season. A little bit of a secret weapon. <laughs> have the team selected captains? Yes, we have two captains this season. It's Cami Lavoie, our goalie, and then um, Shelby Howard, one of our midfielders. What makes them such strong leaders, in your opinion? They're definitely leaders by example. Um, you know, they're they're extremely hardworking, um, and and they put in a lot of work. They're they're in our office, you know, at least once a week, talking about something, making sure that you know we're we've got meals down and all of those kinds of things. Um, so they're very on top of everything. Um, and definitely have kind of that like grit and and uh, you know wanting to win, so they're passing that along to the rest of their teammates. And you played at Trinity and had a lot of success there with the Bantams, obviously. So you've experienced you know level you know NCAA tournaments and everything. What was, what you told your team about your experience you know as a player at Trinity and what what it takes kind of right I would say one of the biggest things is really just getting out there and competing um, that's something that we've tried to do this season a lot last season as well but really thinking about the competition piece and not who we're playing so really getting out there competing we had a competition day already within our team and that kind of sparked some some growth as well so the biggest thing for us is focusing on the competition putting everything out there on the line um, and getting after it, and that's something that you know I learned from my playing career. Well, I noticed, yeah, first day of practice, a scrimmage right away, right, wasting no time. <laughs> Absolutely, you know, want to see what they can do and yeah. see uh, what they look like in actual gameplay. Um, they they had a ton of fun. It was obviously a very short scrimmage, um, but it was really great to see you know all the players out there. Great, and then well, I guess any other thoughts you wanted to share about the upcoming season uh, we haven't got to talk about yet. Just really excited to uh, continue improving with this group every day. Uh, I've got a lot of first years, so um, you know we've we've got a lot of work ahead of us. But it's it's good work, it's fun, and we're we're definitely enjoying every day out there on the field. Hi, Renee. Thanks so much. Thank you. Spring sports began, but we still have winter sports competing with squash, swimming and diving, skiing, women's basketball, and indoor track and field still in action. Skiing has two more carnivals to go, including the Williams Carnival this weekend. And men's and women's squash still has team nationals and individual nationals on the horizon. Meanwhile, swimming and diving, of course, has the upcoming NCAA championships. Track and field has the voting invitational before the New England and NCAA championships. And you can find all the latest results by visiting GoBaitsBobcats.com. And we'll catch you next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bobcats.